Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. presents this inspirational, challenging, and life-changing message to encourage, inspire, and motivate you to keep marching towards your destiny. Now, Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. And our foundational texts come from chapter number 12, 1 and 2 in the book of Romans. And I'm not going to do too much recap. I just want to get into some new information on today. But I urge you earnestly to get the previous um, lesson series because it is a call that God is looking for now. And he wants us to live godly. And there's benefits and then there's consequences for the choice that we make not to live godly. And so here on today's lesson, I want to... um, go the rest of the way after we read our foundational text and I want to go the rest of the way about talking about the the importance of how you process information your your thinking um, um, how critical it is to your success in life and 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 how you 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 talk and your and how we just our thoughts and you know it's just say my mind just 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 say my mind It's, it's all about my mind See, you have to realize what happens at, at, at the point of salvation and what happens at the point of salvation when when God draws you and then call you to the altar and you repent and you give your life unto the Lord. And then you feel a freshing that comes into your spirit. Um, what, what happens is your spirit was once not alive to the spirit of God due to sin, but due to the fact that you repented and came to the Lord. Now your spirit now becomes to be alive to the spirit of God. And once that connection happens, there, there, there is a relationship that's developed that calls a, a, a certain security and an fulfillment that nothing else can fill but God. And that's how you feel so revived and jubilant and you feel so strong that you could go out and slap a bear. But the thing is that we fail to realize is that that's the only thing that changed. Your hands don't change. Your feet don't change. I think they got a song. You know, after I got saved, my hands changed and my feet changed. That. No, you, you, you still got the same size foot and they still look the same way. Your hands are still the same. It, it, is that right? But the thing that we have to focus in on and the Bible urges us is that if we're going to live a successful life in God, we have to change our mind. We have to change the way that we think. And that's not done consequently or by accident. It's done on purpose by deliberate effort on us. To want to change. And it says here, um, chapter number 12, I'm going to read it in King James, verse 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. What well, we talked about when we present our bodies, God is talking about our total being, our heart, mind, and soul. I, he's talking about us. You got it. He ain't talking about your physical fingers and, and, and you working and this and all. He's talking about your heart. Your spirit, your mind. You got it? He want you, the in you. You got it? And it says here, um, which is what? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Tell your neighbor, it's no big deal for you to present your body a living sacrifice. See, see, you, you got to understand that I have a revelation on that. If I present my body as a living sacrifice, that means that I have to show the people where I came from. I have to be a representative of God 
that what I used to be, I don't have to be no more. And God said, look here, I know you're sacrificing some things. Because even the Bible said there's pleasure in sin, but it's only for a season. Some people just have it longer than, than, you, than you need to. But when you sacrifice those things that you thought was right, the good pleasures of life, you out there don't build a little reputation with your name. Then all of a sudden now you become to be the little church girl or the little church boy. God knows that might play on your ego. He knows that's a great sacrifice. That's why I thank God because he's a God of reward. Say reward. God's saying, I'm not going to allow your former life to outdo your new life. That's how God is. I'm not going to allow your past to outdo your new life. Your new life should, should be a life of splendor and grandeur and anointing and my God, prosperity and full of joy and power. Not the struggles and feet in the flesh and all over the place. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me stay focused here. Um, you, you got to understand that, see, God is not going to allow that to happen if you flow in his system. He's not. It's, it's unfortunate, but I have to tell you the truth. You have to realize that you are part of a chess match. The devil wants you and God wants you. The devil got his imps. To discredit and dishonor God and God's blessing for your life. God has people interceding for you. Even Jesus said, I intercede for you. He, he, he warned us. He said, look here. He told Peter, he said, look here, Peter. I pray for you that the adversary, you know, he wants you real bad. He wants to sift you as wheat. It's not just Peter, it's us. He said, but be encouraged because I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. See, God can't intervene in your effort of having your faith built. He just have to intercede. That's a whole nother subject. Okay, let me get back here. Let me get back. But we are in a chess match. And God has ordained in our lives that power in the book of Ephesians that says that there's power that's working in us. Well, that power that works in us, it works to bring to pass what is written in the word of God. You just have to have faith to believe it. My God. Watch this here. Verse number two. Now this is, this is the crutch here. Verse number two. After we present ourselves to God. After our, our spirit has become to be a living spirit unto God. We're talking to God. Now God says this. And be not what? Conform to what? This world. But be ye what? Transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That ye may what? Prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God. So that tells me that how I process information, how I think in my mind, how, how, how my mind is, give me the, the ability to prove the will of God. It says right here, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? I got news for you. I don't care how much you are anointed. 
If your mind ain't changed, you're going to get the same results. That's the problem. A lot of us have the form of godliness, but we're denying the power thereof. See? And you may speak in tongue. You may pray. You got it? I'm just telling you the truth. Because a lot of Christians are getting frustrated because you're going through all the gyrations. You're going through all the forms of being godly. But you're not having no results of the blessing effect of God. That's because you have not changed the way you think. You brought your old inferior thinking into the kingdom of God. If I can't see it, it's probably not going to happen. If, if I can't drop my money and get an instant result, I'm not dropping it. I really don't have to treat people like I want to be treated. I could, I could dab a little bit in unrighteousness because, quote unquote, God knows my heart. But if you really read what God says about your heart, he says, it ain't no good. And God said, therefore, I got to give you a new heart. And so we are stuck in the old cliches of religion and want the best of God. But when do we present ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God? That means God has to accept how I live. And so if I have to be accepted, then there must be opposite or the flip of accepted is rejected and as a lot of us have the form of hey and then you get the dip then you got the one finger the fish on the back of the car the bible at work then they catch you around the corner cussing like a sailor Our thinking is critical to our commitment to God. Our thinking. Go to the book of Romans. Are you there? Chapter number eight. Our thinking is critical to our position in God. Watch this here. Chapter number eight. Are you there? Watch this here now. This is our challenge here. Even Paul had the same challenge. And that's why it's mentioned in the book of Romans also. Talking about the battlefield of the mind. You understand? Um, if you go over to chapter number seven, if you want to just stop by there, you can stop by there since you're next door to it. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. You got it? Look at verse 18 and 19. Just quickly, he says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For... For to will is present with me, 
but how to perform that which is good, I find not. That's, that's the case with a whole lot of Christians. You know what God expects of you. You know the expectations of God. I'm, I, don't, I don't switch over quickly. I don't switch gears. I'm in Romans chapter 7, verse 18, if all those are missing. And so you got to realize that it's not that you don't know how to live right. It's not that you don't know what's wrong or what's right. It's not that you don't know that. The problem is you find yourself not doing that. The Bible says here, Paul said, I find it hard to perform what's right. Watch this here. He said, for the good that I would do not. It says, for the good that I would do not. But the evil which I would not that I do. I know what I'm supposed to do. But I always find myself doing what I'm not supposed to do. And we're all mature Christians. And we always find ourselves doing something that we have no business doing. And then we want the best of God. Watch this here. Watch this here. Verse number 21. Go down to verse 21. He says, I find then a law. You got to understand, say, this is a law. This ain't about no feelings. This is, this ain't about some circumstance. This is a law. A set of parameters, a set of rules that God laid down. He said, watch this here now. He said, he said, I, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. He didn't say within me. He said, it's with me. You got it? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And you're not exempt to going around people or things that's not right with God. You follow what I'm saying? Watch this here. Watch this here. Verse number 23. Go down to verse 23. He said, but I see another law in my members. Now, this is the law that goes unnoticed. This is the law that don't. We don't talk about too much. He said, this is the law that's inside of how I process and how I think. How I process information. How I think. How I process. You know you have to process the word of God. You got it? Watch this here. He said, but I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity. To the law of sin, which is in my member. You got it? And so I said all that to, to say this, that I don't care who you are. The only thing that's going to stop you from warring after the, 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 the things of the flesh, going after the things of the flesh, is God. And it just don't happen out the blue it happens on purpose that's why you get to a moment you get to a moment where you just you, you just don't got tired of being tired you get to a moment of being tired of being fed up and if you ain't careful you will continue to do what you're doing and want a different results and it will mess you up bad 
See, now, now, now go over, go over to chapter number eight. I'm going to let that marinate in here because this is this. This is what, what's going on here. It says here, verse number six. Are you there? It says for to be what? Is what? To be what now? Is what? Now, have you ever think what is what is to be carnally minded? To be carnally minded is death. Other words, I choose to think in the opposite direction of what the word of God tell me I should think. I think my old way, my old life, my old fleshly ways. I think like the world. Carnal goes absent from the power of God. You got it? Read on. And it says what? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Read on. Come on, class. Read now. Read. Hold it now. It says because the carnal mind is what? Enmity against. Other words, the carnal mind is an enemy to God. It goes against God's authority and faith that we should have for God. When we have a carnal mind, we're saying that God's system don't work. We're saying God ordained laws, his, his, his order, God's order don't work. And so I'd rather choose my way versus God's way. And you cannot allow your carnal thinking to put you in a position like that. Because now you become to be an enemy against God. Say enemy against God. Read on. Oh, you got to understand that your, your carnal mind cannot obey God. It can't. It will find reason after reason, excuse after excuse, not to obey God. And there's a lot of Christians that live their life like that. Let me ask you a question. The Bible said you're supposed to acknowledge God in all your ways and he shall direct your path. Do you acknowledge him in everything that you do? You don't got to raise your hand. That's just something to put directly to you. See, read on. Read on. Verse eight. So then what? And if you cannot please God, then you must be being rejected by God. See, you, you, you want to hear that. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a straight shooter. I can't play with you because, you know, I have to tell you the truth. Because there's too many Christians that's living right for one day. And you expect for your whole world to change. You understand? And then when it don't change, you out. Go to Proverbs 23. I, I, I put a challenge to you. You give God the same amount of time you gave your flesh in the world. And I guarantee you God will outdo anything that happened in your life. You be patient with God like you was patient with the world. Count up how many times you was on a nightclub and on the floor and drinking yourself to you throwing up all over the place. And then going to call yourself having a good time. Oh, the flesh will trick you. Think about it. See, that's the flesh. Oh, the flesh say, man, I had a good weekend. Well, well, what you do? Man, I got so drunk, I didn't even know how I made it home. 
What? That's what the flesh will tell you. The flesh will tell you, man, you had a good weekend. And so then the flesh will say, okay, we're going to work Monday through Friday. And we, go, we can't wait to get to Friday to destroy our bodies. And flesh will hook you and say, boy, you're going to have a good time. And you wake up with a hangover. You wake up with a headache. You look over there, you see a pool of, you know what? And don't know how I got there. I was so drunk one time, I didn't even know how I made it home. But the next day when I woke up, I said, ooh, I had a good time. I made it. (laughs) That's because the flesh has no restraints. The flesh is designed to kill you. The flesh is designed to kill you. The flesh will have you to speak too highly of yourself. <laughs> I'll leave that alone. No, I'm going to say because I'm a real preacher. You, you let some of you guys lose five, ten pounds. You're going to try the nightclubs because you ain't, you, 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 you ain't been complimenting a long time. So you want to know, it, is it real? Flesh will mess you up so bad. Now, you don't lost five pounds. I ain't say you lost three dress sizes. All of a sudden, never mind. <laughs> but, but, but see, men, you the same way. You ain't exempt from this. You go to the gym one week. Now you're walking around in those muscle shirts. That's what flesh do to you. It makes you more than what you really is. Have you ever seen a person that, have you ever seen a person and you look at what they got on and how it's fitting and you say, what is they thinking? No, 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 it's funny, but flesh blind you from reality. Flesh keeps you in denial. Flesh ain't going to tell you the truth. It's going to lie to you. Come on home, girl. You need to get a little loose. Cover it up. Come on home, boy. It ain't all of that. She ain't liking you like that. And you got your foolish behind coming home telling your wife to do this and do that. Never mind, leave that alone. Because somebody don't rubbed on your bald head or you, your hair or they don't blew in your ear, told you some mess. Now all of a sudden flesh though out of control. Now you got demands on your wife. Flesh is setting you up for a serious fall. Watch this here. Watch this here. And this is true. Are you in the book of Proverbs? We're going to read part eight. Proverbs chapter 23. Come on, get there. Get there. This is, this is true. This is, say, say this is true stuff. How I think is how I function in life. And you can't deny it. How I think is how I function in life. I mean, I was telling my wife, I said, you know what? There's really nothing stopping me from thinking how I was when I was in my 20s and my 30s. 
You understand? But what I do on purpose and what I have saturated myself on purpose change how I used to think. Watch this here. Watch this here. Verse number seven. It says, for what? As he what? So is what? Say that again. What that says is, is if you want to know how a person is, how he live his lifestyle, how he function in life, you got it? We're going to demonstrate what's going on in here. Our outward actions is a product of how we process information. So how you think is what you're going to do. That's why God's saying, look here, it's critical for us to be transformed by the renewing, not renewed, but renewing that is perpetual. That means that what I learned yesterday has to be refreshed today to keep me on course. I have to constantly keep myself in a revival, renewing process. And it's up to me. No, church don't get stale on you. You get stale on church. It takes great effort for you to maintain the joy and the zeal you had when you first got saved. Ain't nothing changed in church. No, you changed. See, and so the adversary is saying through the process of life, through the times of life, through the challenges of life. If I can make God look like he failed you more than he blessed you, then you would doubt him. That's his M.O. And then your attendance fall off. Your prayer life fall off. Your study life fall off. Now you cannot equip yourself properly to fight the spiritual warfare that we're in. Watch this here. Go, go to Second Chronicles. Second Corinthians, rather. Second Corinthians. Chapter number five. If the adversary say, boy, if I could keep them out of the things of God, away from the things of God, keep them from reading, keep them from praying, keep them from being around those of like precious faith. If I could just keep them separate for a while, they would go back to the old thinking. Watch this here. Are you there? Watch this here. Look, look at um, verse number 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. You got to understand that um, this says that I have a new approach in life. I deal with things in life different. It says, therefore, if any man be what? If you are in Christ, what happens? He is a what? That says that, watch this here now, if I'm a new creation or a new creature, then the previous functions or the previous ways of how I used to handle and deal life is no longer in existence. You got it? It's no longer relevant. I can't do it that way. I have to do things what? New. I have to do things what? Differently. Read on. And it says what? Old things are what? Hold it. Old behavior. Old ways of living life, old way of thinking is what? Is what? 
passed away. Now you got to understand when you hear the term passed away, what does that tell you? Somebody just what? Die. It's what? Dead. And you got to have a revelation that my old thinking, my old ways, if I'm in Christ, they are what? Dead. They're passed away. Read on. Behold. All things what? Because when you start looking through life through the lenses of the Holy Spirit, you look at things differently now. You, you, you can, you know, uh, admit to your, to your wrongness. You can overcome challenges by faith. You become to be this, 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 this sovereign person that, you know, though I may be, you know, afflicted, but my God says... So my attitude start changing. I won't fall apart when challenges and difficulties come my way. Watch this here. Go to the book of Numbers. I'm about to prove something to you that your old way or your old thinking will allow you to live a defeated life. And you won't even try the things that God has ordained for you to try. Because once fear grip you, then you won't proceed or pursue the things of God. You got to realize that God is not going to have you to pursue something that's of normalcy. Let me say that again. God is not going to have you to pursue something that, that an average normal person can achieve. You're going to pursue the things of God that's going to take the anointing of God. Whereby it happens supernaturally where you can't even explain. But the only thing you can say is the glory and the power of God. But if you hang around the wrong people, they will discourage you on what God promised you and told you to be fat. God told the people of Israel, I want you to go to the promised land. Over there, it flows with milk and honey. To carry a cluster of grapes, it takes two people. He said, I'm going to give it to you. Now, when have I failed you? These are the children of Israel. That came out of Egypt. Seen the all, all the, seen all the exploits of God. Seen the miracle working wonders of God. Seen the power of God. Spread at the Red Sea. Embarrassed Pharaoh. The deaf angel came and they lived and they died. Even we have privilege to facts that God is God. Our thinking can reduce the power of God down to nothing. Even though God promised it. Don't make it an amen unless we believe it. That's the problem. A lot of promises go unused. A lot of amens, it's nothing but a cliche. 
we say amen to the power of God. Watch this here. Watch this here. You understand the story. I don't think I have to get deep into the story because you've been here. Chapter number 13, the book of Numbers. Are you there? I want to pick it up right quickly at verse number 31. Are you there? I want you to read because I want to make sure you're there. Read what it says. But what? Now, these are faint-hearted people. What happened was, what, what, what happened was, Moses sent out 10 spies to spy out the camp to confirm what God said. Two people came back and confirmed that everything God said was true. The other eight came back, even though they witnessed what God said to be true, and they seen facts of what God said to be true, they still reduce what was truth down to untruth. You know the power of God. You know God delivered you. You know God blessed you. Then why he can't bless you now? God ain't stopped blessing you. Now the problem is you stop thinking on how God is going to perform how he going to bless you. Watch this here. Watch this here now. You need to ask yourself, how did they come to a conclusion that these people is stronger than God? Because you got to understand that the whole Egyptian army with their chariots and spears, great soldiers, great warriors got swallowed up in the Red Sea messing with them. You got to realize that God has opened a Red Sea for you. And if you pass through this Red Sea and make it to the other side, anything that tried to follow you, God will destroy it. I just got to have the faith to go through. Watch this here. Watch this here. Say my mind can mess me up. My mind can reduce God's power to my power. And my power is very limited. Watch this here. Verse 33. Come on now. Let's read. Watch this here now. You got to ask yourself, how in the world did they think like that? And they've been around Moses. Aaron. Caleb and some of the 70 elders that had the spirit of Moses on them. Moses was talking strong, believing God, calling down miracles from God. Do you know how much faith it takes that I turn around, y'all there? The enemy coming up our rear, they coming to kill us. I look over here, there's the Red Sea. And I'm up here saying, watch the salvation of God. Then I turn around and do one of these numbers and expect the Red Sea to open. Don't you know I will be shaking in my boots? You can't tell me Moses didn't have no faith in God. He didn't see the Red Sea 
departed. He just knew that was the only way of an escape. And God, you had you had delivered me before, and you're gonna deliver me now. You're the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And you will not let your people be destroyed by the enemy. Move, God, move, and move now. And so, it's not that they didn't have proof text of how awesome God is. It's not that they didn't have a witness of the sovereign power of God. It's not they didn't have an example. They allow their mind to negate the power of God. And it's unfortunate that a lot of us is allowing how we think to negate the power of God. God want to work a miracle through you and for you, but you threw doubt on the fire. Read verse 33. Come on, read, read. It's We saw what? Giants. The son of what? I don't care what you see. I don't care if you see that you were sick. I don't care if you see that you might lose your job. I don't care what you see. I ain't moved by what I see. I'm moved by what God says in his word. It ain't about what I see. Yes, I see a recession, but I see the saints of God thriving. Yes, I see a shortage, but I don't see no shortage in the restaurants. Oh, the devil is a lie. Don't let what you see affect the power of God. Read on. It says, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. We were in, say, our was in my sight how I looked at myself is how people gonna look at me it don't matter if they know me from Adam how I view myself how I feel about myself how I look at myself how I think about myself is how people gonna see me read on Come on, Holy Ghost, read. The devil is a lie. You got God on your side. If God is for you, who could be against you? come by myself I come in the glory and the splendor and the anointing of God you just ain't looking at one you're looking at an anointed one filled with the Holy Ghost baptized with the power of God I got to I got to think I got to I got to think that's why confession 
it's, 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 it's what I think. I, I got to think this. I got to, I got to think this. You know, you got to understand. You know, Caleb, you know, Caleb and Aaron, they said, look here, we could take them. We could take them. But it is a shame that people chooses the way of least resistance. And the majority of us will go that way. It's only a few soldiers will say, my God delivered me from the bear. My God delivered me from the lion. And that same God that delivered me will deliver me out of the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. That was David. All because he refused to forget what God has done in the past. He brought the past of God from testimony. He brought it to my current situation because it is God that says, I am the Lord thy God. I change not. If I did it one time, I could do it again for you. So I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. You brought me out one time, God. I trust you to do it again. You delivered me one time, God. I need you to do it again. You blessed me before. God bless me now. I need you, Lord, now. I trust you. I trust you. I believe in you. In Jesus' name. I don't know my way, but you made a way out of no way. I need you to make it now. Come on, let's worship him. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on, worship him. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's bless him. Come on. Come on. Let's bless him. Come on. You need God to do a miracle in your life right now. You need God to do some things for you in your life right now. You got to come on and get your mind together. God, do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. I don't got no time to be thinking of defeated life. I got too much on my plate. I got too many challenges. I got too many issues. Father, you blessed me before. And I need you to bless me now. Thank you for supporting the media ministry of Newborn Fellowship Christian Center. One church in two locations. With senior pastor, Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. and Pastor Perdita Meeks. Dr. Meeks would love for you to visit and fellowship when you are in the Rochester, New York area. For service times or to order other inspiring messages or books, please write to P.O. Box 1109, Webster, New York, 14580. Or call our office at 585-342-5020. 
or visit us online at www.newbornfellowship.org. 